Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Welcome to Money MD. Matthew, good to have you here again. This is pretty cool. It is cool. It's very neat. Yeah, yeah hopefully we, uh, we're getting better at this. I thought we did a pretty good job the first time. That's right. We re-listened to it. We actually went on um, a vacation, a family vacation last week, went down to uh, a beach in Florida, and um, my, my daughter, a.k.a. your, your sis, um, got engaged. She did, yeah, and, and Justin is the fiancé, and uh, yeah, we love Justin. He's a great guy, um, very similar to our family's personality. Uh, just really fits in well, so we are just very excited. But yeah, just getting back from that vacation uh, was very relaxing. Yeah, we had a, we had a good time and uh, great weather. Went down to Clearwater Beach, never been on the the Gulf, and um, I don't know, just a great week. And then we had Memorial Day uh, a couple days ago, and um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a been a good uh, couple of weeks here, and we're excited to have people on the show today listening to us. We've got some really good topics. Uh, Matthew, you're going to start us off uh, in a couple minutes with um, talking about the child tax credit. This is a really unusual um, program that has been approved and is actually being implemented. So um, I'll let you tell us a little bit about how Yeah, and and this is, we're going to get into some nuts and bolts, but it's really an interesting, um, just kind of a couple of months, six months really uh, from July to December that if you have kids that are qualified, and we'll go through that, uh, really being intentional with this money is going to be important. Um, and so it's going to be a great, great topic today. Yeah, that's right. If you, um, and actually a prescription of the week is going to be around that as well. So this is a big deal for a lot of folks. And I'm going to follow up with a discussion, uh, an article out of um, a Capital Group. And uh, Matthew, this is really a phenomenal um, just overview of what transpired during COVID and the healthcare community. And I, I've personally been, um, I've had faith in our healthcare community, uh, not only in the U.S., but around the world. And um, it really goes through some details on how this transpired. And it just should give folks um, some some hope in the future when we run across something as a society that um, people, you know, come together and they come up with a solution. Sure. And the information here is uh, truly uh, awe-inspiring and uh, really, really cool. Yeah, that's right. That's going to be another great topic. And just before we get started on the show, just a shout out to all the military uh, families and people out there for Memorial Day, just celebrating that and what you guys have done. Uh, we don't want to discount that or, 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 you know, brush over that. So just thank you um, yes. from from us, from our team uh, for everything you guys have done. Uh, I know it's not thanked enough, so we just did want to take this time to say thank you. Yes, that's very, very important. Uh, Memorial Day, I tell you, it's um, it's amazing what um, our military men and women and their families sacrifice. And we work with that's a right. lot of folks in the military. I know, Matthew, you go to church with a lot of them as well. And um, yeah, just, um, yeah, shout out. Good, uh, yep. good call on that one. So uh, by the way, I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey uh, certified counselor. I have an MBA in finance. And I've uh, been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 29 years now. Uh, well, that's a long time. <laughs> it is a long time, isn't it? <laughs> and my name is Matthew Travis. I'm a certified financial planner, and I'm also an advisor here uh, at the firm. So combined, we have 32 we years. Have over 30 years. Yeah. That's right. Three that's for right. you. Your your anniversary is coming up on the June that's the 4th right. as that's well. Right. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot of good stuff here. We're going to start off today, though, with the um, with the financial fact of the week. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, looking at the, the tax cuts in the uh, Job Act of 2017 uh, increased the uh, the standard deduction um, quite a bit. I mean, it's amazing for a, a married couple 
filing jointly, it's like $26,000 now. So what that basically did from a tax standpoint is uh, before that, the standard deduction, uh, only about 70% of people use that. Today, 90% are using the standard deduction. So it certainly changed the way that, that taxes are done. Uh, we thought it may have an impact on giving, but we don't see that. Yeah, but that does, especially in retirement, uh, give just opportunities for special giving. And one is a QCD, and that's done uh, with your required minimum distribution. It's a qualified charitable distribution. So we talk about that a lot, but it takes advantage of even if you don't do uh, an itemized deduction, you can still get that advantage to give. So that's that's one that's that's just kind of a tidbit of fact. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So um, yeah, the tax policy, it continues to change it. And it makes it hard for us, Matthew, uh, planning wise, because, you know, they talk about tax changes and um, we don't know the details until it's it's implemented. And um, sometimes there has to be um, rulings on, you know, tax laws and tax changes. And our first discussion here really is about something that has been implemented that's uh, a tax credit. And um, this article comes from Forbes and it's uh, really good information. So if you have kids hmm. or you know someone who has kids, um, really you, you listen. May, yeah, absolutely. Listen up. Yeah. When President uh, Joe Biden signed uh, the almost $2 trillion American Rescue Plan uh, back in March of, of this year, he launched a new and improved child tax credit. Uh, the child tax credit has been around uh, since the Clinton administration, so for a couple of decades. Yeah, this new version may have some positive effects on Americans who have been trying to find uh, really some uh, financial stability through this pandemic. Uh, as with all this new leg- legislation, uh, there are a lot of moving parts from determining income requirements to who is a qualifying child. Uh, it can really be confusing. And so today we're going to talk about some of the specifics with that. Yeah. So, um, you know, here, here are the details that we know as of now. The the new child tax credit, it's currently only for 2021. So this is not going to be a, you know, multi-year event right now. It's just for, for one year. And um, 92% of families qualify. That's a big number. Um, and so that's that's a very unusually high number. So for families that do qualify, it's going to be $3,600 credit for each child under the age of six, and for children ages six to 17, the credit is only $3,000. So uh, the big difference really from previous um, you know years is that half of the credit is going to be paid out monthly starting in July uh, through December. So in each of those months, IRS is going to deposit the child tax credit into the taxpayer's bank account. So again, $300 for each child under the age of six and $250 for each child between six and 17. And so the remaining half of the credit will then be an adjustment, um, you know, a true up on the 2021 income tax return filed in April of 2022. So one uh, caveat is dependence over the 18, the credit's going to be 500 bucks. So this is going to be lot. a big number. I know you've, you go to church with a lot of families, young families that have yeah. a lot of kids, and um, there's going to be some serious numbers uh, increased in cash flow. One, one in particular has four kids, and two of them are going to qualify for the, the 250 per month and the other two for the 300 per month. So that's 1100 a month per month yeah. for six months. Um, that's a big. That's number. a lot. Plus, a they'll, lot. Get, they'll get the other. Plus, they'll get the remaining. Yeah. come tax time. I mean, that a is number. a big number um, for these for these families. Uh, but you know, like with the stimulus checks for COVID nineteen, uh, this new child tax credit will be based on AGI adjusted gross income. Um, and for single taxpayers, it's going to be seventy five thousand or less. Is going to be a hundred percent. 
if it goes over that, there's going to be phase phase outs, mm-hmm. phase ins for those numbers, um, for those incomes. If you're a head of household, that number is 112,500 or less is 100%. And for those who file jointly, it's going to be under 150,000 is going to be that 100%. And again, there will be phase outs if you go over those limits. Yeah, which is why, I mean, those income limits are, are, are pretty high. And um, that's why 92% of families right. with kids are qualifying. So um, so how do you qualify? I mean, the new ch- uh, child tax credit is a uh, 2021 event, like we mentioned. Uh, however, in order to quickly begin providing relief to taxpayers, the IRS is actually going to look at your 2020 tax return, uh, similar to what they did with the stimulus programs. And if you haven't filed it for 2020, they'll go back to 2019. Um, So this is an AGI, adjusted gross income based program. So if the taxpayer's 2020 income is within the, the, uh, the AGI to qualify, but their 2021 income needs exceed the limitations and phase out, you know, the taxpayer is going to have to pay that back. So you got to be careful here. Uh, If you're unsure about your income for 2021, um, you know, you definitely need to be working with yep. CPAs, tax preparers out there. Um, because if you go and spend this, you may end up, I mean, those are significant numbers I yeah. mean, thousands of dollars. Paying you gotta back. be careful with it. Yeah. And just one caveat and we'll go into this real quickly, but you know, when your kids turn different ages, I know, uh, one of my uh, good friends asked me about this. So this will specifically answer, you know, if you have a child on the five, six, seven, um, age, uh, mark, but let's say you have a child that's five and he's turning six before the end of the year, uh, before December 31st, 2021, they will qualify for the 250 per month uh, advance versus the, th- the 300 per month advance. Uh, same for someone who's uh, 17 and turns 18 before December 31st. They're going to qualify for the lesser amount. Now, granted, it's still a big a number, but yeah. just a fine-tuned so it's, thing to know. It's basically the age as of December 31st, Correct. 2021. Correct. Will determine how much that you're going to get. Correct. So, um, yeah, it's good information. And and the, the cool thing is, is the existing child tax credit is still available. So there'll be many taxpayers who uh, will not qualify for the the new um, child tax credit. However, keep in mind that the uh, tax cut cuts and jobs act back in 2017 is uh, is still available. And that tax credit for single taxpayers with an AGI of two hundred thousand or less, uh, or taxpayers filing married with 400,000 of income or less. So this group of taxpayers still qualifies for a $2,000 tax credit for each child under the age of 17. Um, so keep in mind this group may, also, uh, may need to access some of the technology um, you know, they, they have, they put out there to, uh, to process these. But man, we're talking about, you know, people are wondering why the economy is doing so well. Right. There's a lot of money flowing into the economy, right. into people's pocketbooks. And um, more to come. Yeah. And it, it's being spent. So, um, you know, again, we, we do recommend, we always recommend working with tax preparers and CPAs. Right. In your case, you don't want to be caught short on this. You don't want to receive this and go spend it and um, have an issue with having too much income for 2021. So it's a big rollout. And, and 92% of families is a very, very big number. So, um, but it's good news. Uh, I do like the, uh, the monthly concept um, instead of getting it all back at, at the end of the tax time. They can use it for living expenses, right. and we'll talk about a prescription here in a minute. Yeah, and, and I did see an interesting just about poverty, uh, if they do the monthly versus if they did the lump sum. And so just, I mean, it, it was an interesting stat, and I can't exactly remember the numbers, but, you know, thinking about uh, the people who really need this, right, the people who are going to use this for their children, 
uh, to live on. Like this can be a very good thing. So, um, you know, a lot of people can use it for excess, but some people really do need this to live on, which is, which is going to be very good for those families. Yeah. The tax policy center is another one of the articles that we referenced basically said the, uh, child poverty rate would be reduced from 13.7% down to 11.3%. So, yeah, so 2% drop two I mean, and a half, yeah. from, from doing this on a monthly basis versus, uh, you know, just at tax time is yeah. pretty significant. That's a big deal. Big deal. So very good. Very good topic. And um, so, Matthew, we're going to switch here to the uh, to the question of the week. And um, we get uh, this question <laughs> frequently, it seems. Yeah. So. That's right. And so this is, this is a great question, but it says, uh, should I invest in single stocks that I know will come back that are still down specifically from the pandemic and the coronavirus. Yeah. So what, one of the key problems I have is I know, mm. right? I mean, I, you, but know, you know, it's going to come, back. you know, it's going to come back. And, you know, I mean, people talk to us about cruise and airline stocks and, um, you know, they, they generally have come back, but investing in individual stocks, as we know, is riskier than doing mutual funds. Sure. That's what it shows us. Do you have any examples of stocks that have not come back, how people have thought in the past? Well, I'll tell you, um, I mean, I looked at Carnival, or excuse me, uh, uh, one of the cruise lines, and it has come back. It's up 67% from the low, but it's still lower than where it started 2020. So it still has some room to move on that. But um, oh gosh, you know, Lehman Brothers, um, Enron. WorldCom, Enron. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stocks, um, that have, uh, that have never come back. So, I mean, the data shows us that we just did a, a study, a couple or an article a couple of weeks ago that, um, four out of, um, five stocks actually underperformed the index, oh, wow. uh, large stocks. So trying to pre- predict which ones that 20% that's going to outperform. The odds are in your favor if you go buy a mutual fund. Put it boils down to. Yep. That's good. So, uh, yeah, stay away from single stocks. I mean, if you want to go out there and play around, have a small side account, but your retirement, what you're focused on for the future, keep it, you know, in a very good diversified portfolio. So it's a good question of the week. And uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about... um, just the, uh, the the medical miracle. Uh, this is a great discussion out of uh, the Capital Group and how uh, healthcare innovation really saved the world. And uh, you start putting this in perspective, Matthew, it really is amazing. And so, um, you know, we just witnessed really a modern medical miracle and several drug developers uh, brought COVID-19 vaccines from initial trials uh, to people's arms in less than a year. And wow. This lightning quick pace defined the expectations of the healthcare uh, professionals, and it saved a lot of lives. And it was certainly far faster than any development of any similar drug. And so bringing a, a vaccine to patients is really a complex process, and it's typically measured in years or even decades. So, so consider this. It took nearly 50 years of research and trials before the polio vaccine was introduced in 1955. Wow. And more recently, vaccines for chickenpox and Ebola were each developed in about 42 years. Wow. Yeah. And this is, um, this is a quote from uh, Laura Carney, and she's a pharmaceutical and biotech, um, uh, just incredibly smart individual. And she said, it's no exaggeration to call these COVID-19 vaccines one of the greatest scientific accomplishments in our lifetime. She goes on to say, what's more, global manufacturing capacity is also larger than we would have thought possible a year ago. 13 billion with a B doses of vaccine will be made this year. That's amazing. It really is. And, and um, you know, it really is a true, truly global effort um, in an age marked by global competition, rivalry. This historic achievement represented really remarkable uh, worldwide co- uh, cooperation 
Uh, consider, for example, the vaccine introduced jointly by Pfizer and BioNTech, uh, the first to receive the U.S. approval for use. And this is really amazing. Um, so listen to this. It was developed by a Turkish couple leading a German company, and they were partnered with a U.S. multinational, which was led by a Greek immigrant oh with a Scandinavian chief scientific officer. And uh, this is great affirmation of the global nature of the innovation today. And I, I, for me personally, uh, you know, as I went through this, I just knew our healthcare community, they're so smart, so mm-hmm. dedicated. They had a problem in front of them, and it wasn't just the U.S. It was all over the world, and they collectively worked together to come up with a solution. Yeah, and it wasn't just different countries. It was different companies as well, governments, academia around the world, uh, U.S. biotech firm Moderna partnered with a division of the U.S. National Institutes of Health to develop a similar vaccine. UK pharmaceutical giant AstraZeneca uh, worked with Oxford. So it's just, I mean, like you're saying, it's this global cooperation to attack this one goal that we all had. Yeah, and you see this. um, I mean, capitalism is woven into this, and this was obviously more of a human uh, crisis issue versus making money, but it does go to show you how capitalism works a, a little bit. There's a problem in front of society and, and the problem is is solved by solutions that no one had ever thought about or, you know, thought it could be possible. So it really is an amazing testament to um, to companies and, and the human spirit. And, uh, you know, Matthew, the, the U.S. Um, and the European Union provided a level of funding uh, to do this. They did uh, for the U.S. It was Operation Warp Speed. Uh, billions of dollars of upfront government funding allowed companies to do many steps in parallel uh, that they would normally do in sequence. And, um, you know, these contributions um, from around the world, they really happened at a breakneck pace. I mean, it was amazing. And we're going to go through some of those timelines. Yeah. So just to start, um, back on January 5th of 2020, uh, there's a Chinese um, person who studies viruses in Shanghai and his team um, they did a complete mapping of the virus's genome after 40 hours of, of work. When the human genome was first sequenced about two decades ago, it took a team of researchers at the um, National Institute of Health uh, about 15 years and about $2.7 billion to do that. So what you can just see is, I mean, it, it went from 15 years down to a matter of hours and weeks. Yeah. They did 40 hours and it says of around the clock work. I mean, that was the dedication that that we had starting over there. And then January the 11th, um, Edward Holmes, a professor at the University of Sydney, he placed a call to this Chinese um, uh, virologist while he was sitting on a runway in Shanghai. And Holmes asked for permission to publicly release the virus's genome sequencing. And just before ta- takeoffs, um, this gentleman, Zhang, agrees and Holmes publishes the sequencing on vir- virology.org. You ever been hanging out there? No, I have not. Never seen sure that. there's some smart people so, there. So they mapped it on January the 5th and on January the 11th, they, they published it to this, um, to this website. And then two days later on January the 13th, um, using computer modeling, Cambridge, Massachusetts biotech company Moderna, probably a familiar name Mm -hmm. now, uh, led by 35-year-old Hamilton Bennett, developed its first mRNA vaccine candidate. And a German biotech company, BioNTech, led by Turkish researchers, um, they modeled a vaccine in a similar time frame. So within a few months, um, these companies entered into a partnership with Pfizer to develop, manufacture, and distribute the vaccine. So, gosh, it was before it even hit the U.S., there were... 
um, people that had sequenced it and had you know come up with the the vaccine basically this is an interesting you know maybe analogy or metaphor but you know if you think about picking stocks and you think about if you can outpick the market just kind of relating back to that i mean these people had this information far in advance of the general public if you will and and so just trying to think about picking a single stock I mean, you look at mutual fund companies i know this is really off topic but you look at mutual fund companies and these managers who this is all they do they have all this information before uh, just as these researchers had all this information mm-hmm. before the public yeah. got it so yeah. um yeah it just gives us it gives credence to you know diversifying and yeah in no that. doubt that space but you know only seven seven days after you know this this computer modeling the first u.s case of covid19 is identified in washington state by this time the moderna vaccine was being shipped to this institute for the beginning of its phase one clinical trial january 21st they they already shipped and no one had really heard about the moderna vaccine at that no no they hadn't and then fast forward um, a couple months in november of 2020 still the Pfizer uh, vaccine was shown to be 94% effective against the virus. Pfizer applies for the emergency use authorization in the United States. And this is incredible. I mean, this is, this is 11 months after the virus was, was initially detected. Uh, Mid December of 2020, the FDA issues emergency use authorization for the Pfizer vaccine and a week later, the Moderna vaccine. Yeah, it really is amazing. And here we sit May of uh, or June of uh, 2021. And, um, you know, the CDC has come out with uh, you know, re- releasing people from the mask if they right. want, um, as long as they've had the vaccine. So what what an amazing accomplishment. And so the question is, is will the future drug development be this fast and scientists and companies alike? Uh, the obvious question is whether this breakneck pace can be repeated. And while we may not see the same level of government spending on drug development as we did on the COVID-19 vaccines, the speed of science has taken a, a great leap forward. And so advances in genetic analysis and the development of the world's first uh, mRNA vaccines are leading the way to a new era in uh, medicine. And uh, these actions have you know the potential to be the most disruptive in the area of um, uh, cancers, cancer treatments. And so uh, they're, they're ba- basically saying they can sequence tumors, uh, compare the mutations to the map of the human genome, and identify and match therapies uh, to specific mutations. So it really has changed um, medicine and uh, probably a lot of other industries. Gosh, you look at all the things that have come out of that COVID-19 right. from Zoom to so many other things that have impacted some, some obviously negative, but some positive as well. So the uh, investment implications, I mean, this changes the game in this area uh, for, for quite, a f- quite a few reasons, and we're going to cover those to, uh, to end this segment. Yeah, and so the U.S. and Europe are, are obviously on the forefront of this, these discoveries, but they're not the only significant contributors to drug discovery. Chinese biotech company uh, Bygene uh, recently got the first FDA approval for a blood cancer drug. Um, another company uh, will likely get an approval this year for its treatment targeting uh, neuro- neurological tumors that mm-hmm. are going on in your brain. So this is happening around the world. Uh, the role that China plays in the global uh, pharmaceutical industry, both as an end user market 
as well as a globally, uh, as well as a source of information, is likely not going to decrease. It's likely likely going to increase and increase over time. Yeah. So I think the global nature of the vaccines is going to lead to more, you know, global solutions. Right. Right. Companies and countries, you know, banding together. And and uh, the second investment implication is the markets uh, are potentially huge. I mean, for some types of cancer and common ailments, the potential uh, market is enormous. Uh, the first Chinese. Uh, PD-1 inhibitor, it's the same category as, as Merck's drug, filed for an approval in the U.S. Uh, only a few weeks ago. So this is potentially a $50 billion market. And the consensus peak sales for, for Merck's drugs are between $25 billion and, and $30 billion uh, just for this drug. So the patent doesn't expire until 2028, but therefore the company's hot on its heels and planning to, to file in the U.S. So um, all this technology that we're seeing in the healthcare uh, is just changing the game. And um, so a lot of people are saying that the, the, this decade is going to be the decade of healthcare. Um, you know, if the, if the 2010s were the era of technology titans to lead the markets and change the world, then the 2020s may well be the area that healthcare takes the lead. And there's never been a more exciting time. I mean, you start sequencing human genomes and, um, you know, you, you develop the tools um, and you have the technology and you have companies and uh, countries coming together. I mean, the, 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 you know, the sky's the limit on this. And, uh, you know, there's obviously some, some downsides to some of the, uh, the healthcare and, and, you know, when you start looking at cloning and things like that, but, but basically what happened during the COVID vaccine is just a testament in my view of, of, of capitalism. There was a problem in front of people um, and it was a human problem. So it wasn't about necessarily profit, but, all these smart people came together with countries and governments, and um, they resolved something that normally takes years and decades right. in, in a matter of uh, really weeks and months. Uh, and so it really is a, a tribute to the healthcare. So we, we did a shout out to the mm-hmm. military earlier. Right. earlier. So, uh, you know, shout out to the healthcare folks that had to endure this and, and goodness, all the parents that had to have kids <laughs> at home. <laughs> Uh, really a challenging time, but um, reflecting back on it now um, makes you proud um, of the the human race that we were able to do this and, and um, you know get people back to living normal. Yeah, that's right. All righty, so um, good good topic there, and we're going to end our show here with uh, the prescription of the week, and it really is uh, around the child tax credit. So, ninety two percent of families with children will will get this um, credit, and it's uh, thirty six hundred dollars uh, per year per child under the age of six, and then three thousand between um, six and seventeen. So, the prescription is 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 you know if you're going to get this, be really intentional with this money. Um, this is a, a one time type deal. Um, maybe you know if you're in a, a tough situation, maybe you have to use it for food and rent. Um, but if you have a little breathing room and you can do an emergency fund, it'd be a great use of it. Um, you know, if you need to pay off some debt, potentially, that would be another good use of it. Maybe investing for, for college for the kids. Um, but if, you, if you're not intentional, it's going to go into your bank account and it's going to be used up very, very quickly. So Yeah, and just to reiterate, this is only for six months from July 2021 through December 2021. So, yeah, I mean, don't bank on this as an ongoing year-after-year yep. income source. This is not. This is very rare. This is a small window. So using this very strategically, again, if you have credit card debt or something to that extent, Using it for that, but really understanding this is a this is a small window yeah. of this of this income. Now the other part of that is going to be trued up when you file your taxes Correct. in April 2022, and so you'd get a lump sum then. But 
again, be, be intentional. Don't don't just go blow it and waste it and not have anything to show for it. Try to put it towards your your family's financial goals, your kids' financial goals, and um, use this as an opportunity to to make a step change in that area. That's so. Right. Well, very good. Well, I'm uh, so glad that you joined us here on the uh, Money MD podcast uh, this week. Um, did a poor job on the intro of uh, talking a little bit about our website, but go, to, go check out our website, moneymd.net. We have a lot of great tools and resources out there. We also have a prescription of the week that we put out every week, and I'm doing that this week. So, um, so yeah, go check that out. We, we are so glad that you did join us. If you ever have any questions, please give us a call here in the office at 706 706- Seven three nine zero seven two five. Have a great weekend. Take care. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. 